Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, what was it uh, Sheriff Brody said, or in this case, Sheriff Brady? We're going to need a bigger boat. The Bucks just keep filling their roster with stars this time. They reach an agreement with Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette on a one-year contract. So you've got a logjam now at running back, and the Brady effect is in full effect. We've got Gronk, Shady McCoy, Ryan Suckup, and now Fournette. I mean, all these vets wanted to ride with Brady. So we'll tell you what it all means to the Bucks. And too bad nobody will be able to see them. That's right. The Bucks will play at least their first two games at Raymond James Stadium without fans, hoping to have them by October when the Green Bay Packers come in. And revenge? Well, it's a dish best served at the dish. Mike Brasso, remember he was a guy that was nearly drilled by the 101-mile-per-hour fastball by Aroldis Chapman? Well, he hit two home runs on Wednesday to lead the Rays to a 5-2 win over the Yankees and take that series in the Bronx. So he had Chapman, managers Kevin Cash and Aaron Boone, all suspended on Wednesday. And now we've got you know just all kinds of... of uh, sidebars from that game so we've got a lot to talk about all that and more in this edition of sports day tampa bay i'm rick stroud of the tampa bay times along with producer steve versnick before we get into all of this and it was a, a busy wednesday obviously some sad news um tom siever the hall of fame pitcher for the miracle mets of course he also pitched for the reds and uh, the white Sox, and i think the red Sox as well he died uh, on wednesday at age 75 um which uh, seems seems young to me um, was suffering from dementia, I suppose, and Lyme's disease. And also there's a report that uh, he had COVID-19. Um, so it's very sad. Tom Seaver is, is, was a giant in the game, I mean, as a pitcher. And I'm old enough to remember, um, you know, him pitching at the, well, mostly towards the end of his career. But um, he was, this is my, Steve, this is my, Tom Seaver story. Everybody has one, right? <laughs> Maybe not. But this is my Tom Seaver story. So one of the first games I ever went to as a kid um, was at like out the old Alang Stadium, which is in St. Petersburg before, to believe it or not, the one they have there now is the newer version. Um, but uh, the Mets used to train in St. Petersburg, um, not far from where I, where I grew up, as a matter of fact, in northwest St. Pete. And um, so this was their spring training home, and I went uh, with my dad, who was a scout, among other things, for the Cincinnati Reds. And so we got in the game, and and we were sitting pretty pretty good seats, like kind of down the third baseline. And sitting behind home plate, the Mets were playing, obviously, was Tom Seaver, and he was charting pitches because he wasn't pitching that day. And so that's what guys would do; they'd sit, you know, sometimes in the in the stands behind home plate. And then between innings, you see a couple, you know, there'd be a couple kids kind of will their way down there. And, and uh, he was very gracious and he's signing autographs. But when I was walking into the stadium that day, at my feet, there just happened to be a ball. I don't know, they were taking batting practice, what was going on, or it was actually maybe the game had started. A foul ball landed in the parking lot at my feet. So I walked in with a souvenir. And uh, so there I was. There was Tom Seaver. Boom, autograph. First autograph I ever got. 
Wow, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I don't really remember yeah. too much about Seaver. Um, no, he's way before your time. By, by the time by the time I was <laughs> you know watching baseball or, or really knowing players outside of you know the local teams was he was pitching for the White Sox and then of course he ended yeah. up with the Red Sox for part of a season. But he had left Cincinnati by then, right? Yeah, yeah, he left Cincinnati in uh, what eighty two was his last season there. So I, right. I, I probably saw him pitch some games on television or whatever sure. at that point. But sure, I was still pretty young at that point. So yeah. No, nah, he was he was a great one and uh was was the guy you'd watch uh videotape of him or still shots and he, he used to extend his his wind up and his follow through so much uh, that he would have dirt on his mm-hmm. knee. That that's how that's how much power he got out of his lower half and he would drive towards home plate and his, his left knee would actually hit the dirt as he was following through with his with his uh with his pitch. It was amazing. So yeah, sad sad deal there. Okay. Um Look, this was not uh, any day that I had planned. I can assure you of this, um, and we'll do it in reverse order because uh, actually I was um, working early in the morning on a story that uh, the Bucks are going to play without fans their first two home games, um, you know, against Carolina and the Chargers. So that's uh, not good, obviously, news for uh, for Tampa Bay fans. But let's let's start with what happened um, later Wednesday evening. So. You know, we know earlier in the week Leonard Fournette was was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's been a guy that, you know, first of all, it's probably not a good idea to draft a running back in the top five, right? And and they did that several you, years ago. You better ago. be certain that, that that's the one. If you're drafting yeah, a running he, back that high. Yeah, and, and of that class, I think there were a number of running backs drafted, but of that class, I think Christian McCaffrey is probably the, the best player um, the guy that you know two years ago almost had two thousand total yards, uh, or roughly around there. But but for net, I mean, he's been productive. He you know he's a big back. He's you know six two, uh, two hundred twenty eight pounds uh, or six foot. I'm sorry, two hundred twenty eight pounds. Um, runs between the tackles. Has decent speed. I didn't realize this. I had forgotten. But he actually caught like seventy five balls last year. I mean, mm-hmm. he was used a lot as a receiver. Not a, not a great average. I think it was under six yards a, a catch. Um, but he, he has hands. He can do that. Um, and frankly, I mean, Jacksonville has had sort of a fire sale since they went to the AFC championship game, uh, what was it, a few years ago, uh, and lost to the Patriots. And, um, you know, their core players have all sort of been shipped away. Uh, and this is just the latest one. But, but for Nett, there was, there was some bad, uh, you know, bad things happening with him. He was, uh, and I saw some reports by Mike Garofalo with the NFL uh, Network was that, you know, he was falling asleep in meetings. Um, he was late. He just, you know, his work ethic was not good. So, you know, we'll see what happens when he gets here. He agreed to a one-year contract because he had cleared waivers. He was on his rookie deal. Um, he'll become a free agent after after the 2020 season, obviously, now. Um, and we don't know the terms of that contract. We don't know what they guaranteed or how much even they're paying him. He's still got to go through, you know, the COVID protocol and come in here. And, and whenever he gets here, it'll be several days before he can sign his contract. Um, you know, and, and we're, you know, we're less than two weeks away. I mean, we're damn near one week away, uh, it seems, or a week and a half away from the opener in New Orleans. The funny thing about it is I, I didn't see him as a fit. I mean, this is a, you know, this is a team that spent all offseason raving about Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones, Ronald. Oh, he looks great. Oh, he's catching the ball so well. Oh, he's learning who to pick up and block. And yet, you know, I mean, by default, if he isn't cut, Ronald Jones becomes your number two running back. Um, and, 
you know, he's he never really been a three down back. So then you say, well, what about Shady McCoy? Like you just brought him in here a little while ago. And they like Shady, and Shady's done some nice things. And, uh, you know, but none of those guys play special teams. You know, you drafted a running back, Keyshawn Vaughn. He's been hurt, hasn't looked good in camp. What happens to him? He's a third-round pick, um, you know. So it, it's it's a crowded backfield, and we haven't mentioned, like, Dari Gubawale is the only guy who does play special teams. He was a special teams captain. So are you going to keep him around or Shady McCoy? Are you, you know, who – Who's going to be the odd man out? There's going to be somebody by the time they get to that 53-man roster or so on uh, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Um, but but Fournette is here. He's going to be here. And it, it's just incredible to me that, you know, he had a bunch of teams, I guess, that were that were really interested in him. The Patriots. Um, I've heard the Pittsburgh Steelers. I heard the Chiefs. And he ends up coming to Tampa Bay. And, and from what I understand, the difference isn't necessarily the money. It's It's Tom Brady. Well, and we, look, we talked about this back in you know February and March when it was talked yeah. about Brady coming here, and then when he ultimately signed. Is veterans want to play with him? I mean, look, look, when you get later in your career, and Leonard Fournette's not late in his career; he's still young. But but whether Shady McCoy and, and, and players like Rob Gronkowski, they want to yeah. win titles. Yep. If you've played in the league for years, you've got money. Yep. They want That's titles. True. And yep. so you're going where you think you've got a shot to win a title and contribute to. I mean, they do want to contribute, but. Oh yeah, um, you know that—that's what you want. Is—is is how can I compete? And you know, you've got Tom Brady now at the Buccaneers. You've got—we already knew a, a pretty good stable, particularly in the receiving core, especially oh, when God. you had in the tight ends of Godwin and yeah. Evans and Howard and now Gronkowski and Brait. Um, you've got all the weapons there. Running back is a need on this team, and so they've addressed it with Shady McCoy and Leonard Fournette, and we'll see you yeah. know, who they end up keeping. But veterans want to play with—they want to go to winners. And yeah. the Bucks are a team that, with Bruce Arians at the helm and Tom Brady now quarterbacking, that people believe can be a winner. In other years, if it wasn't 2020 with a pandemic and all of that, you might have a situation where you would say, you know what, we drafted this kid, Keyshawn Vaughn, in the third round. We really like him. Let's go ahead and, and run him you know, in tandem with Ronald Jones. May the best man win. He's going to get better as the year goes on. Yeah, he doesn't know everything now, but let's develop him. Let's... Let's see what we got in this kid from Vanderbilt. No, 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 no. That's not happening. <laughs> I mean, he'll get in where he fits in. You well, know, I'm not saying he's not going to make the football team, but you don't have the time, right? Uh, and you didn't have the time to do what you needed to do in the off season with the Zoom calls and all this nonsense. These guys are preparing for New Orleans. They've been doing that for the last couple of weeks when they've been in pads. And and so it's 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 the the year of year for veterans like the young guys, mm-hmm. the undrafted free agents, the rookies, the guys even in their second year, they're all going to get left in the dust, and many of them are going to get cut. It's just the way it's going to go this year because, and especially now you compound that with the fact that you have a forty three year old quarterback who's the goat that's trying to you know it, it's Super Bowl or bust. I mean that's all he's about. So I, I think that's even more the reason probably. Probably. Look, and, and, you know, it's probably a shame for Vaughn he didn't have the offseason to show what he can do. Yeah. But Tampa's in a win-now mode. Oh, boy. I mean, they? They've got a two- to three-year window with Brady at their quarterback. Yep. I mean, so it's win-now. I mean, you're it's, – it's, you know, it's like the Lightning. They gave up yeah. two number one picks plus a, a pass number one pick to get Goodrow and Coleman because they're putting all their chips in. They know that – 
they're going to have to make some tough decisions as time goes on with salary cap and, and, and this, that we're right. going all in now. We've got the team to win it. Well, that's what right. the Bucks are doing. I mean, they're, they have to be all in right now. You can't – if Vaughn isn't showing it in camp, and, and yes, it sucks for him that it hasn't been the normal traditional camp and you didn't have all the offseason programs and that, but if he's not showing it or if Ronald Jones isn't showing it, if he's not reliable enough to catch the balls out of the backfield, if you're the Bucks, you got to go address it. And you know, yeah. you didn't know that Fournette and Shady McCoy were going to become available, right? You know, that's the other part of it is you know, opportunity presented itself as they were released by their team. So you went, you know, that's kind of the Zach Bogosian that the Lightning signed. They didn't plan exactly. on you know getting that defenseman there, but he became available, and so they took advantage of it and, and took a shot and signed him. And he wanted to sign with the Lightning because it's a good team that he thought could win a, a, a Stanley Cup. Well, Leonard Fournette probably thinks the Bucks have a good shot to win the Super Bowl. Right, no doubt. And 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 look, they do. And this is, you know, Bruce Arians said this. You know, he's been in football a lot longer than I've been covering it, but he said it was the most talent on any team he's ever he's ever coached. This team is loaded with talent. I mean, I was just thinking to myself about the O2 Super Bowl team, and they were good for a while, and they had obviously two, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame players and Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and a couple other guys that probably belong in the Hall of Fame, Rondi Barber and Simeon Rice, um, and, and an offense that John Gruden led. You know, Brad Johnson was never going to the Hall of Fame, but he was a very accurate quarterback, but Keyshawn Johnson had been a star Keenan McCardell, Joe Juravicious, really, Michael Pittman, um, an offensive line you probably couldn't name. And they won a Super Bowl. I mean, they won a mm-hmm. they won a Super Bowl. This team, and not just on paper, but like just, mm-hmm. just just the talent. And it's a mix. It's not there's a lot of old guys starting with the quarterback, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, McCoy's thirty two and you know, Sue is thirty three and there's a lot of thirty year old players. And and that's not always the best recipe. Um, but there's a mix too. There's a bunch of young, young. You got your Devin players. Whites and your Chris Godwin's. Yeah, and, absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. Mike Mike Evans is still a young player, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so you've got plenty. You know, the secondary is all in their first or second year. Um, but this is, I don't. It's not even close. This is the most talented football team that's ever been assembled for the Bucks. It just is. I would agree. Um, I think there's a couple positions that, if they start getting some injuries, are going to be issues, but particularly the offensive yes. line. Yes, um, they're know, thin I, I, in spots. I don't. Yeah, I think outside they're linebacker there. is yes. one. Yep, I think in the um, secondary they're kind of thin too. I mean, there's a lot of numbers, yeah. but I don't know if the talent's there. Once yeah, you because it's young, field. you don't yeah. really have a lot of veterans behind them. You know, you got mm-hmm. Andrew Adams at safety. Yep. Um, you got Ryan Smith is a, is a backup corner that has some some experience, but they're not great players behind them. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have they they really are going to rely on the young guys, and if they get hurt, it's going to be a, it's going to be a problem. But um, it's not a one-dimensional team. Like Kansas no. City, when you look at the Chiefs, you go, well, that offense, right? Mm-hmm. And the defense just kind of does what it can, you know, to get the ball back. It wasn't a bad um, defense, but it wasn't a – it's not it wasn't top elite. tier. It, yeah. yeah, it's not a top 15 defense. But when you but, have that offense, your defense right, didn't have to be top tier. Exactly. They're they're just going to you know, put crazy numbers up. Um, and, you know, but but like the Bucks defense is pretty darn good, especially the second half of the season – uh, and they've, you know, they're going to get better with with more experience in the system and guys growing up on the back end. But man, I'm telling you, um, now you go to New Orleans, okay, and now you can say, look, look, player for player, um, 
we have everything. We have as much as they do. Now, the difference, of course, is the fact that Breeze and Peyton, Sean Peyton, have been together for 215 games, and they know everything, you know, what each one is thinking every minute. But Breeze is a little more of a diminished version of himself uh, than Brady is, I think. And um, and it's going to be damn interesting. I mean, they, you know, if they won't fall, and this has been the problem. You know, last year they couldn't run at all. Um, I think they were 27. I think they averaged 3.7 yards a carry for the year. Um, and if you can't run and you got Tom Brady, you get the play action's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think, you know, when they got this opportunity, they said, let's, let's go for it. I mean, he, he doesn't, he not necessarily is a long-term fix here. What running back is, I don't believe in drafting running backs high and then paying them. Cause by the time they get to their second contract, they've gotten the hell beat out of them and they don't have that many, that many years left. So very few running backs get to a con a second deal. Um, but man, it just it, it just if you're a Bucks fan, you're like, wow, we are really, you know, we are really in it to win it. It's funny because as soon as he signed, you know, the Bucks they've already got a national platform. You got TB12 and Gronk and all this. Um, but uh, the radio show, you know, the Rich Eisen, and they all started popping up. Like, can you come on tomorrow? It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. They did something right. Um, but I. I, I'll be honest with you, like when when he was released, I, it was not a guy like some guys. I'll start and go, oh, oh, that they're going to go after him. You know, they need him. Now I had heard, okay, through the grapevine, that there were there were some people over over at uh, the Bucks that that weren't as exactly on board with Ronald Jones and, and the running backs as maybe they had let on. Okay, um, there's been some mental errors. There's been some drop balls. Um, and let's face it, he hasn't done it. You know, you're talking about a known commodity. And and I and again, if if Fournette is going to sleep through meetings and not learn the offense and and you know just just be a problem, then he's not going to be around here. But um, you know, Ronald Jones is is still a young player. Really, only has one year in this league and didn't rush for a thousand yards. Um, you know, he's still learning how to block. He's still learning the passing game and working on his hands. He's he's not he's not nearly the the finished product, right? That Fournette is, and so, um, yeah, I, I don't know that they anticipated he'd be out there, but boy, they didn't waste any time. And 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 the Bucks are going to have to cut some people, and they're going to have to redo some contracts. Because I'm here to tell you, they have no money. I mean, this is an accounting thing, right? This is like you look down and you're like, oh, we're 15 million in debt. What do we do? Um, but thankfully cuts are coming on Saturday. So that'll take care of some of it, uh, with some of the veterans, but, um, yeah, they're going to have to do some things to, to make this work, but a, a fascinating signing. I, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't buy into it right away. Um, because I, I just didn't think it was a fit, but now that I step back a little bit, it's like, yeah, that's, that makes you, that makes you a lot better at the running back position. Bucks made some other news, and this was before uh, all this nonsense came down uh, with the running back. And that is, uh, look, they have decided, and, and I'm told this was a Glazer decision, by the way. This is the family deciding this. Their first two home games, which are against Carolina, and then they got one in the beginning of October against the Chargers, those games will have no fans. And they're targeting or hoping for if the numbers continue to go down and it is trending down as far as COVID cases go, in Hillsborough County in this area. If they continue to go that way, they're they're sort of thinking to themselves that maybe um, you know, the game against the Green Bay Packers when they host Aaron Rodgers 
might might be one that um, they can start to allow fans. And again, it's not going to be a lot of fans. I think the TSA has talked about fourteen thousand um, possibly going there for NFL games and ten thousand for USF. USF, by the way, already announced that they're going to have mm-hmm. no fans for their first game against the Citadel. Uh, yeah, they're hoping to have uh, fans of their second game, which is October 10th, which would be the weekend after right. that Chargers game. And and if you step back for a minute and you go, okay, this is like this is the biggest buzz kill ever, right? You get Tom Brady, you get Gronkowski, you have the you know the most anticipation of a Buck season since they won the Super Bowl, and no one can go see them. That is hard to swallow. Um, but if you take a step back and you go, well, look, only five teams in the NFL have said they're going to play with fans. That's it, five, mm-hmm. right? Two of them are in Florida, <laughs> and so that's that's why I got you know. There's a lot of pushback from Bucks fans. So well, wait a minute. So let me get this straight. So the Bucks aren't playing with fans, but the Miami Dolphins are, where there were so many cases down there, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars are. Um, again, we don't know the numbers, right? And uh, in terms of number of fans and things. Um, but the Glazers did—they didn't feel comfortable, and they—they they talked to the Hillsborough County, and they talked to the TSA, and Mayor Jane Castor, and all of them were on board. That you know, schools have just opened. Um, we're 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 navigating areas we haven't tried before. We don't know if there's going to be a spike in cases. You've got Labor Day this weekend. I mean, anything can happen, and it's one of those deals where you don't necessarily want to go first. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd kind of like to let other people make the mistakes and learn from them. Um and and so that's when you do go you 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 do it right. Well, is, some, is some, some of this too the uh, the improvements that they're looking to make for the safety? Well, stuff great question. Was supposed that's to be like question. they said by Halloween, I believe, if I recall. Yes, yes. So, and, and I'll be honest with you, I asked that. Now, when I was over there for the scrimmage, um, I had to go right, and the bathrooms weren't really open, and so but I went anyway. I went into a bathroom and, um. They were supposed to install like the touchless, you know, mm-hmm. sinks and urinals and stuff. They're not in yet. At least, at least the end zone I was in, they weren't. The the dreaded south end zone where you watch field goals go awry. Um, and so, and that that's a fairly sizable bathroom that a lot of people use on that concourse. But it was not completed. And remember, they talked about they got ten and a half million dollars or mm-hmm. something like that from um, CARES Act, and uh, they're supposed to put in a sound system in the parking lot and. Um, you know, signs and all that. I didn't see any of that. Now, you know, they say they got partitions in the press box and all that. Maybe they do. Um, but they could use a little more time. I, I think that's, you know, could they could they pull it together in time for Carolina in a couple of weeks? Yeah, maybe. Um, but I don't think they're there yet, you know, and they have to they have to rope off a certain portion of seats too because you can't have a situation where people are able to slide over. Right. And uh, once they get inside the stadium and just kind of like, you know, lose their separation or whatever. Um, so they got work to do. Uh, and, and again, I, I don't know that it was based solely on that. Uh, but, um, man, there's a lot of people that were upset about the decision. I I tend to think it might be the right one. I mean, if I was if I put myself in their shoes, I kind of want to see like even if I had a restaurant or something, I want to see what what happens when somebody else opens next door before I jump in there. I just. Mm-hmm. You know, let them make some mistakes, and we'll learn from them. And in 30 days, you'll know how did how did school go, right? Yep. How did it go when they opened schools? That's a big thing around here in Hillsborough County. Well, it's been a it's been a fight, and you've seen lawsuits and everything else. Yeah. And you yeah, know, so this is the first week that Hillsborough County's back in brick and mortar, mm-hmm. and I think about half the students are. So, I mean, I think yeah. the school the school's over 200,000 students, the district. So you're talking over 100,000 kids. 
right. back Anything in the schools at this point. And, right. And so, you know, and now you've got athletics starting up for a lot of yep. kids and stuff too and, and all that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I commend the Glazers for reaching that decision. I mean, it, you know, I'm sure it was a tough one, and it's and it's easy to sit there and say, let's just, you know, go ahead and put fans in the stands and take the money. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's a wrong decision, but it, it right. does take a little more – I don't want to say guts. I don't think that's the right one. But to to sit there and go, well, well you know, we're not going to take your money and, and fans in the stands for the first two because we think it's the right thing to do for safety reasons. So, Well, and listen, I know, you know, the Glazers get wrapped a lot, and some of it they deserve, some of it they don't. But mm-hmm. but uh, uh, first and foremost, this is what I know about them, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not their agent or anything, but uh, they're a good family. Like, they're good people from mm-hmm. what I can tell. I mean, known them for a while. They do good things in the community. Um, you know, Darcy and and Brian have settled here in Tampa. Um, you know, from the Glazer Museum and and the Jewish Community Center and all these things and social initiatives and things like this. But they care. They do care about people, and I think it would really bother them, right? And they know people too. I'm sure we all know somebody that's been affected by this virus. Um, I think it would really be upsetting for them to have a game and look. The money's negligible, right? I mean, they're, the TV money is what it is. You're going to get that. Um, you'd only get twelve or 14,000 people in there anyway. So, you know, while there's lost revenue, it's not like, you know, you've already lost the bulk of it mm-hmm. uh, because you can't fill that stadium. What they'd like to do is fill that place, right? You have the cannons going and, and it'd just be a jumping place like it used to be. Um, that's what That's what they want. Anything short of that for the sake of, of just having fans, you know, mm-hmm. um, just doesn't make sense. And so they're going to, they're erring on the side of caution and with the firm hope that, you know what, if, if things, if things continue on this trend, you know, 20, 30 days from now, it might look really good. Yeah. Maybe you it's know, 50% like, instead of, exactly. you know, maybe it's 30,000 right. fans instead of 14. Exactly. And so, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot, you can, you can, you can satisfy a lot more customers, perhaps, if you just kind of mm-hmm. slow play it. So that's what they're doing, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, all right. So, boy, this was good drama. When me and you talked um, yesterday, uh, they just had the, the bean brawl wars. Um, with um, the Rays, and, and of course, Joey Wendell got hit first batter of the game, and we've talked about the back and forth that the Rays and Yankees have had uh, over the years with this sort of thing, which never made sense to me why the Rays were, um, you know, somehow caught up in this because you can't pitch inside like DJ LeMahieu, who you know jumps, crowds all over the plate, and hit a couple home runs the other day. If you throw him inside, he gets offended, right? They, the, the 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 Yankees get offended, the Savages just don't like being pitched inside. And, and I haven't seen anybody throw a ball behind anybody, but um, nonetheless, uh, you know, after plunking Wendell and then, 
you know, they get to the bottom of the ninth with a couple of outs. And, and that pitch that Aroldis Chapman threw at Brasso's head was one of the scariest things I've ever seen in slow motion. I mean, um, you know, had he hit him with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball in the cranium, uh, he might have had a lot more to appeal than a three-game suspension. Uh, and so, um, you know, it was ugly. And Kevin Cash made it uglier, quite frankly. I, I mean, he stood up for his players. They love him for that. He did what a manager thinks he should do. Um, but in so doing, he reminded everybody that they got a stable of guys that can throw 98 in the bullpen. <laughs> and they'll be, you know, they'll be happy to do that if if uh, if the Yankees want to persist on on bean balls. And, um, and of course, you know, Boone was out there chirping. And so both managers got suspended for a game, one game. And, you know, I did um, like Boone's comments. Did you see those though today? I did not. Uh -uh. So, you know, Cashley yesterday said it was bad coaching, bad, you know, all this stuff. And so Boone today, after you got the suspension was asked, you know, you think it's bad coaching? We was, no, I don't think I'm a bad coach, but you know, I'll have tonight to think about it. (laughs) <laughs> i'm paraphrasing but <laughs> yeah 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 some time uh and and it turns out that the other guy wasn't good either so they got they got rocked but um yeah i mean it, it well first it, of all it, i couldn't believe baseball suspended chapman for three games i'm yeah shocked. you had said that the night before you said you said yesterday that you didn't think it would happen i'm shocked and and, and kudos to baseball because i think you know that stuff we need to get that stuff out of the game, especially when you're the head. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if he intended it or not. I mean, he, you know, he's appealing it saying, you know, I don't have a history of this. I didn't intend that. You know, I don't know if he did, but, you yeah. know, like we said last night, when you're a team that uh, I heard Dwayne stats on the broadcast tonight after, uh, uh, what was it Heller got thrown out for hitting Renfro that the Yankees right. have hit the race since 18, 20 times. And the Rays have hit the Yankees 14 times. So, yeah, um, about it's a, not three exactly to two even. ratio. Yeah, and 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 not that you know every time someone's hit, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, you mm. throw an eighty mile an hour curveball and it just didn't break. That's not the same as one hundred and one to the head. But right, I was shocked that baseball suspended them. So I'm I'm glad they did though. I, I think the only way to knock that stuff off is to punish guys. Oh, you have to. You have to take them out off the playing field. And so the game begins, and uh, of course, you know. The skipper had their back. They wanted to have his back. And it's funny because with no fans, right, at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium, the mics are still down low by the dugouts, and you can really, really hear players like you've never heard them before because there's, no uh, there's no voices in there except theirs. The Rays dugout was like an American Legion dugout. <laughs> it was alive. I mean, it was alive from the first pitch. It's like ball one. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what's going on over here? And all you heard was this, 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 like, this roar and this chirping that from from the very first pitch, and they came out and I think they got five or six straight hits, um, including uh, Brasso. What a moment! And then there was two, but what a moment for him first time up to stand in that box where he had you know virtually gotten you know drilled in the dome, um, you know, and and then rock one for a four hundred something foot home run. That trot around the bases, man, had to feel sweet. And then he did it again. He had another home run. I mean, some stories just write themselves, Steve. I know Mark Tompkins in in New York, but I mean, frankly, who couldn't who couldn't who couldn't do that one, man? And that I mean, there's no better way to you know, Joey Wendell before the game mentioned that 
You know, they all talked and it's through and they're done with and they're just going to play the game tonight. There's not going to be retaliation in that. But yeah. that's the way to get retaliation. You know, the only right. thing that would have been sweeter is if Brasso would hit the home run last night after, True. you know, Chapman knocked him down. But but to come out the next day and hit two to take the series, yep. the Rays went 8-2 and two versus the Yankees this year. It's incredible. I saw a tweet from John Romano saying that the, this is the worst division record against a team the Yankees have had since 1992 when they good went 2-11 and 11 against the Blue Jays. And the 92 Yankees stunk. This Yankees <laughs> team is pretty good. <laughs> right. Yeah, this Yankees team is good. And, and uh, boy, that's a, that's a long time. Rays have their number. Rays have had their number. Um, you know, they, they, they lost on Tuesday night, but, um, you know, they come back and, and, and they ambushed them. I mean, they just did. They just they ambushed them in the first inning, and, and they enjoyed it. And they, they chirped a lot. And there was nothing the Yankees could do to answer. I um, saw a lot of the, the New, York, New York writers and sports people going, man, what a pathetic effort by the Yankees on Wednesday. Yeah. Is that they didn't have an answer. And, and, you know, a lot of them are saying, look, the Rays are the better team right now, period. Yeah. No yeah. question about it. I mean, you know, and yeah. Charlie Morton looked good. He did. That was a great um, little bonus. Now, he, he worked a couple innings. I think mm-hmm. he threw 50, 60 pitches. But you know what I noticed was his arm, and this, I guess, this is to be expected, his arm is live again. It had really deadened out. I mean, he kind of hit whatever his issues were probably contributed to it. But, um, you know, his fastball was back down to 92, 91, you know, and he had gotten all that extra velocity when he was with Houston. He brought it in here last year. But his fastball was moving. It was hopping. Uh, he had a great curveball. Um, so they'll they'll have to slowly build him up. They don't want to rush him back, obviously. Maybe that's part of the reason why he you know he he went out um but yeah if you get charlie morton tyler glass now and blake snell going you got something right mm-hmm. well and, and maybe some good news too uh the rays optioned uh edgar garcia after the game now the rays are off tonight but that could either mean brett phillips is being activated on friday or possibly nick anderson's back uh, yeah, Nick's back. That's phenomenal because he's he's been their closer. But they've developed some pitchers during this time, you know. Hey, Aaron Slagers um, had gone ten innings without giving up a base without runner. a hit. Yeah, uh, I don't that, know. That stopped tonight. Base but, yeah, it was not yeah. a base runner, but it, that right. ended tonight. But that's a heck of a he's, stretch. Yeah, he's been tremendous. So, you know, some other invention, but uh, you got to give him credit for. Uh, and, and it's you know. Of course it would be when there's no fans. Of course it would be 2020. <laughs> you can't. I'm telling you, maybe we can't have nice things, but we can't enjoy them. Like that's, It's that gift on Christmas morning that you, that you asked for and you waited for, and there it is. And your dad says, yeah, that's great, honey. We're not going to play with that right now, okay? And you're like, but I waited all year for it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, nah, nah, I, I, I got I to cook some breakfast. Uh, we'll... We'll set up that train later, you know. <laughs> You're like, whoa. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of where where it's at with them. Um, but man, uh, this this baseball team is special. And, and and you know what? Kevin Cash is damn good at what he does too. Like he he knew he had to have his players' backs, and he was willing to take the fine. And he may have crossed the line when it comes to ethics. I mean, he wasn't advocating they were going to use their stable of ninety eight power power pitchers, but um, also wasn't afraid to say it. And that soundbite was played a thousand and sixty times, you know, yesterday. Um, which is probably one of the reasons why he got suspended. But um, you know, when you're rolling like they are and, and you know, the evil empire starts to chirp at you and 
course, everybody's got rabbit ears right now because there are no fans in the stands. Um, I'm glad he had his players' backs. And you know what? They had his today. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it? Uh, Quattro, Quattro was, the, was the manager, the yeah, interim manager. Quattro, yep. Yep. yeah. And um, he did a nice job, you know, 1-0. Um, but but these players needed to come out, and I guess they had a meeting and said, "Look, this league, this this season's too important. We're putting, we're moving on. We're not we're not going to stay in the mud with these guys. We're you know we're going to focus on playing our game and get back with them, get back at them. Um, you know, go out there and beat them. And they ambushed them, man. They just absolutely was like, you know, hit after home run after hit. And uh, before you know it, you look up, it's five to nothing." Well, that's the thing is the Yankees probably didn't know what to expect coming in, and all of a sudden you're down mm-hmm. four nothing before you even get to the plate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've given up two home runs to a, what a Rosarino and then Brasso. Yeah, and yeah. You know, all of a sudden you know you're practically out of the game already, and Morton was dealing, and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, this is it, it, I, I was a, I was texting with a buddy of mine in Cincinnati yesterday, and we were talking about all kinds of stuff, and out of the blue he just goes, "Man, the Rays are insane." <laughs> <laughs> I said they're a really good team. He goes, no kidding, man. Yeah, they you can know. all hit. I mean, they, they don't. You know, it's the sum of their parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily say, boy, if that guy was on any team, he'd be he'd be killing it. But, um, and I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, they got guys that you know, Austin Meadows isn't really playing that well right now, right? He's he's kind of he's contributing here and there, but not mm-hmm. not red hot. I mean, I looked at. Hunter Renfro has a few home runs, but I think his batting average was like in the one sixties. You know, I mean, they still got some guys that that are are not producing all that well. But boy, uh, they've got depth and versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, Arena, by the way, how about the skills on that guy? Well, I mean, there's a reason they traded Jose Martinez is they wanted to no get they doubt. wanted to get him up here. Listen, in one game, right? He hits a home. He well, yesterday he hit a home run. Um. Then he, they, somebody lined out to left field. He doubled the guy off first base with a perfect throw. He stole a base, I believe. Um, run, hit, throw, in, catch. Yeah, sign sign him up. Mm-hmm. Like he showed all of it in one game. Yep. That's what. That's a, that's how you impact baseball teams. Is yep. is to have that kind of skill set. By the way, we got a tweet the other day. Kyle had asked. He mm-hmm. goes, "If the Rays continue this pace, is this the year that Cash finally is named manager of the year?" He's got to be right. You got the best team in the American League. Not, I don't know. You know, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't finish with the best record in the American League. I think certainly if they win the AL East, you know, I mean, he I'm, was I'm, close. I'm looking at the you know the the standings right now. I guess the only other, you know, the Yankee. I mean, everybody's pretty much where you thought they'd be. Maybe the White Sox have overachieved. White Sox have. I mean, they're they're what seven games above 500 right now and in second place in the Central. Yeah, you know, so that's that's pretty good. But I mean, you know, Cleveland—you expected them to be in, up there. Oakland and Houston are leading the West. The Yankees—I right. mean, you know, Minnesota's in third in the Central and right now in a wild card spot. I mean, everybody's right. kind of right where you thought they'd be. You didn't expect the Rays to be twenty-six and twelve. No, heck no. And uh, didn't was it Baldelli that won last year? Did he win for the Twins? Uh, I believe it, I believe it was, and and that was deserved. I mean, I think the Twins last year, no one expected that them to they be as good as they were. Too. I mean, you know. Yeah, um, Cash could have easily won it too, but I, you know, Baldelli, you couldn't complain about. I think. Hey, listen, I, I think Cash deserves it, and um, I, you know, I'm back on on the train. My ankles are healing up from jumping off as I did, and I will never make that mistake. 
Um, but yeah, they look like they kind of look like they they yeah. look like they know what they're doing. And by the Maybe way, now there's a group of uh, Tampa Bay people who can't even watch the Rays. If you saw Frontier and Fox Sports Sun is no longer being aired there for at least for what two days, I believe now. But yeah, good timing, boys. <laughs> nothing like nothing like the American League leading Rays to not be able to watch them every afternoon or evening. Yeah, um, I mean, these carriage disputes are hard. I mean, it's hard on people. Yeah. It's hard on you know the fans more than anything. I mean, yeah, you know, you you have your your cable provider, whether you know this time it's Frontier, but sometimes it's Spectrum or Directv mm-hmm. or whoever, and then you know they just can't come to an agreement. And it's tough. Yeah, they're negotiating with the Rays, and sometimes it's the NFL Network, or it's mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this or that. It can be anything, but um, TV deals are hard to come by. Um, yeah, I used to have Frontier. I don't anymore. So as far as t- television goes, so I've lucked out in this case. So right, yeah, I don't have them either. I got Spectrum. Happy to do the plug for them too. Um, but yeah, it's um, everything's good at my house. So sorry for Frontier people. You probably want to get that fixed because the Rays aren't going away. They look pretty damn good. Uh, so it was a, it was a busy point. It was a busy day. It was a busy day for me. It started in the morning. Um, you know, the 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 Bucks practiced, of course. And um, today they're going to be back at the stadium, but it's not a scrimmage. It's just a practice. What are we talking about? We're talking about practice. We get to see the first 30 minutes. That's it. Yeah, but if it's Brady, it's like a scrimmage. It's That's right. <laughs> it may be yeah. called a practice. Right. When Tom Bra- Brady Brady's shows up, it it's like a, a damage. Yeah. When Brady shows up, it's a preseason game is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's almost a regular season game. He don't He don't take no plays off. I mean, that's the thing about that guy. And he didn't want you taking a single rep off. Um, so we'll be there and, and, uh, you know, you can follow all that on Tampa Bay.com and the Tampa Bay times we've got, um, tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast, it'll be a little different, uh, subject and, um, uh, you know, Tom Jones is going to come back and, and we're going to talk cause he, he works for, of course, uh, the Pointer Institute of Media Studies, um, does a lot of political stuff. And look, I know he I know talks people. Talks to Lester Holt and David Muir. Yeah, he drops names. Katie Jay, Couric, you know. Katie Couric was his date one night yeah. or something like that. He's walking around. Here, would you like your wine? Would you like your wine? <laughs> um, but you know, in this era of uh, Black Lives Matter and and the protests, and of course we saw the Milwaukee Bucks, um, you know, uh, postpone a game, and um, then there were a bunch of other sports leagues that did the same, and, and the NFL had some guys. Skipping practices. We're going to talk about all of that, all of all of what's going on, including what Bruce Arians said, where he he said, uh, and we'll put this in context too, that you know he's seen it his whole life and he thinks protests don't do crap. He wants people to actually get out there and try to do something or give their money to something that will make change. Um, so it, I think you'll find it no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, it doesn't matter um, because we're going to talk about the issue. And, and Tom is a really good person. Uh, to talk to uh, to it about because he he writes about it in his newsletter as he follows uh, the campaign and and of course this has become uh, the literal uh, political football at times. Um, so a good well, look, discussion. You have, the, you have the president calling the uh, commissioner of the Big Ten trying to get them to That's play right. football and That's right. You know, I mean, it, not just the, the 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 social justice issues, but even just playing and yeah, and that. I mean, you know, it's, politics is interweaved in all this. Yeah, stick stick to sports. Well, stick stick to politics then, and we'll stick to sports. <laughs> it kind of runs through both ways. But a good conversation. Give it give it a listen. We'll have it we'll have it tomorrow, and um, and then you know also uh, whenever we have a chance to talk to Leonard Fournette, he's still got to go through a few days. I think a protocol 
Um, but I'm sure we'll talk to Bruce Arians about that acquisition, maybe find out who the odd man is out at the running back position. That's going to be something to watch. Cuts are Saturday at 4 p.m., so a lot of players are going to be back on the street. Now look at those rosters. I don't know. If, I don't know if the Bucks are done. I mean, they may just be getting started. You know, who knows falls, who falls off other rosters that um, that they will sign up and uh, and try to win a Super Bowl with. So it's really fascinating. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. This was a kind of late evening for us. Um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 